yeah that i had helps, a wooden dude. bat that broke over my head once it broke right at the small part like where you hold no it way. where it's the finished <laughs> it broke over my head someone just cold cocked you with it like yeah. hit you in the head or something. i got home that night and my ears were popped and i held my plugged my nose and you know blew into uh-huh. to pop my ears and all the air went through my face and blew my eyelids like balloons welcome to get heavy podcast What's up, Scotty? Oh, man. Welcome to the podcast, dude. Thank you. I really appreciate you coming on. Oh, yeah. Thanks it's, for asking. It's, uh, I'm very excited to have you on. I uh, Let's see. Well, you go, let's, there's a lot to go over, dude. You know, we were talking a little bit on the car on the way here. Yeah. Uh, first, you are a fucking punk rock. I'm shocked by your knowledge of punk rock and music in general, dude. <laughs> you know, because every time we talk, you're always <clears throat> listening off LPs, bands, when you saw them. And I know your history. I know the amount of brain damage you've probably taken. How do you remember everything? Is it just built into you? I love it so much. Do you? And this is something I've always wanted to know everything about that I could. Yeah. You know, so I just just try to absorb all of it. All right. Of it, all the info. Mm-hmm. Being a kid and buying new records, mm-hmm. just listening to them over and over and over again reading those lyric sheets and memorizing them mm-hmm. and then you're going over the thank you list and all the bands that they're thanking that right you haven't heard of now i have to go get records by those bands right or you look at the shirts they're wearing you know or even later on like more mid 80s across or like like uh say like napalm death records you see like them like what they drew on their pants with mm-hmm. point pens it's like oh who's confused i have to go check them out now. right right yeah that was one of the big the big i mean because obviously you grew up in the 80s and shit and there was no internet there's no fucking nothing you know what i mean yeah, but, but you could find it japanese bands were hard to get it's hard that, to get and they're still kind of fucking you know there's they'll still sneak up on you every once in a while right well yeah they still do so, well now you get to see japanese bands back then you didn't yeah that's true <laughs> i think you just got to see, got to see raw power you know mm-hmm. you can see all the english bands but yeah japanese bands didn't come over here yeah uh move this mic a little closer to you like i said about a fist away yeah, kids are spoiled these days. I know they are, right? They don't have to work for shit, dude. Yeah, just to hear about a new band was so much work back then. It was. It was a lot of work. Where did your like passion in punk rock even come in? I mean, obviously, there's an hardcore oh. history, right? I mean, did you you grew up here? I grew up in Ventura, right? Um, I grew up. My family uh, mixed, and I grew up. My mom and her sisters listened to a lot of like disco and top mm-hmm. 40. This I was born in 68. Right. So being a little kid in the early 70s, I was hearing all the disco. Right. My grand I was raised by my grandparents. My mom had she was 14. Oh, really? For did her own thing. So my grandmother raised me. Yeah. So she was listening to country music. You know, I got my little pantsy client from her. Uh-huh. My grandfather listened to a lot of like mariachi music, ranchero music. Uh-huh. I didn't like any of it. There's stuff I <laughs> I was I wanted more and I couldn't find it. Yeah. Then I saw the Sex Pistols on the news in 77. I was a little kid and I was like, what the hell is that? I didn't get it. Didn't understand it. Okay. And it was lost. It's like, what were they called again? 
Yeah. Yeah, because it's like you just get a glimpse, right? Whatever you caught on the news. Yeah, it was like a little like 20 second blurb. Yeah. And uh, then the new kid moved in across the street, hanging out with him. His mom plays a record. Blows my mind. I'm 11 Mm -hmm. years old. And I run home and ask my grandmother out of her from her Columbia House eight track club with my allowance money. Can she order me Black Sabbath, Heaven and Hell? Okay. I got that on eight track when I was 11. That was my first piece of music. Really? Wow. Um, but I saw Urgan Music War on HBO. Okay. Dead Kennedys in it. That mm-hmm. blew my mind. Yeah. So at that point, Black Sabbath and Dead Kennedys are my favorite bands, and I'm 11 years old. It was right. still two years before I owned a record. Right. Did you, I mean, did you know, like, I mean, Black Kennedys or a, a Black Flag, at least a Black Flag and Dead Kennedys. Dead right? Kennedys. Dead Black, Kennedys, Black, Black Sabbath. Sabbath. I mean, did you know what? it was or did you just know that it was something you fucking love something i'd never heard before and it was so much more powerful and emotional Mm -hmm. than anything else i'd ever heard before right like i had an aunt that would come over for like weddings and stuff and i only saw her like once or twice a year but the family be drinking at night and they put on patsy klein and then all the older women in the family all be crying listening to it i was Mm -hmm. like i could get it you know, I understood it, but right. I didn't want to cry. Right. And uh, I don't know, just hearing Patsy Klein to this day always saddens me. And it's like, yeah. I'm, not even, it's, I'm not even sad about anything. Just hearing that music. <laughs> it just, well, it's a time and place, right? Yeah. That's one thing that's like so special about music, dude, is that it, it really literally like transports you to a different fucking time. Yeah. You know, it's, it's so wild. Like there's nothing on this earth that does that like that. You know what I mean? And it's always, I don't, it's one of the most, that's why I consider myself so lucky that I play music. You know what I mean? Like not that we're transporting people or whatever, but it's like to be able to write that shit or play music or, and you've, you've been in bands before too, you know, it's just such a fucking wild feeling. Like there's nothing like music that gets you there. I mean, no psychedelics, no fucking nothing. You know what I mean? Like smells. So oh, smells maybe. Yeah. Maybe smells. Yeah. You might be right on that, dude. Smells will do it. Do you have something that you hear that you smell that certain foods like there's like whenever I go by uh um in and out. Oh I, yeah. I worked on a house for a long time that was up on the hill uh-huh. above in and out. Right. And I could always smell that place working. So whenever I smell it now, it makes, takes me back to working on that house for yeah. months and months. Trip out, dude. Really? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I mean it also ocean breeze, right? That I mean, brings back a lot of memories. The smells, yeah, it makes sense. But yeah, music is such a special fucking deal, you know. Yeah, you get so much more from it. Yeah, 100 percent I mean, and so obviously your family grew up listening to music, but it was Black Sabbath that fucking mm. opened your eyes to a new world. Yeah. How long did it take you to really realize what it was? Like obviously Sabbath is a hard rock metal band, you know, that Dead Kennedys is punk. How long did it take you to realize what you were it, listening to was it called took punk me, rock? It took me a couple of years did to it really? figure it all out. Yeah. Well, first off, I heard Heaven and Hell with Dio singing. Mm-hmm. No idea who Ozzy was. Right, right, yeah. And I'm like, I love Black Sabbath, and I have no idea who Ozzy is. <laughs> yeah, totally. It was a long time before. I, and then I got, you know, I got into it like a couple of years later. Right. But it's like, I, ah, just. Dio, Dio has a special place yeah. in your heart, huh? Yeah. Yeah, dude, it, it, he does for me now, but it took me many years. You know what I mean? Like to really appreciate Dio for what he is. You know what I mean? Which was year, it was decades before uh, your ex bandmate Brent turned me on to Rainbow. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh really? He turned yeah. me on to Rainbow. Yeah. Trip out, dude. Yeah. Yeah, man. It, it's it's so weird. It just I mean, so you you figure out what punk rock was, and then it was all in. It was all over. All over. Huh? Yeah. I started. 
my first, I, I couldn't go to shows. I was a loner. I, I, I had a couple of friends that I started having in high school. They mm-hmm. weren't into punk rock. Right. I was, my little circle of friends, none of them were into the music I listened to. I right. was a complete loner with that. So it was finding a, an issue of flip side at Salzer's and mm-hmm. writing in the, from the back ads, there's like several pages of ads in the back, mm-hmm. people trading flyers, selling music, records, tapes, writing all these people just, you know, there's so many ads in there to write to the labels for stickers, send stamps for stickers. Right. I do that to every single band that I possibly really? could. Uh, then I picked up a maximum rock and roll. Then I put an ad in the flip side to treat flyers with people and got, got uh, answers from all over the world. And this is like 80s? 86 86, so. okay, wow. Yeah, so you're, right, you're out there writing letters, you're fucking doing the thing. You know? yeah, my first, and what was going on in Ventura at the time? I mean, obviously, I know there's a hardcore scene. Were uh, you Vin- aware of it? Like, Yeah, I was aware of the local. Like, Ventura okay. had a bunch of bands then, too. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Ludacris, Coalition, okay. Irony, Siege, Leviticus. Wait, Siege was from Ventura? Yeah, I was in that band. You were in Siege? In the Ventura band. It was like 85. Not, not the Siege. No, I mean, okay, this was about 85. Siege okay wow yeah that was one of my first bands really yeah. okay i didn't know that um balsacchios damarong uh belisle okay. and these were all like all punk, bands, punk yeah. and metal bands huh? yeah isolation wow it's crazy because you don't hear anything about that stuff you only hear about the nardcore shake you know what i mean um so you don't i mean but you that's where were you able to start going to shows like how, when was it yeah when, my, were, when did you get to start my going first to show september of 84 uh, it was at the VFW hall over, mm-hmm. Mar- over on market street and a friend lived close. So I just stayed at his house and he wasn't into punk rock, but I talked to him to go into the show and we walked a couple blocks over, went to the show. saw coalition mm-hmm. irrepute naked Reagan and channel three. Wow. Really? That's my first show. 84. Huh? Yeah. That's crazy. I didn't get to another show till the next year. Really? And I saw RKL, the breakouts, irrepute raw power and GBH in Santa Barbara. Really? Wow. And, and for, after that, I started getting rides more and more often. Mm-hmm. And then I started, you know, besides all the local shows, Santa Barbara and Oxnard, then I started going to L.A. and, mm-hmm. and Long Beach for shows. Oh, okay. And I started seeing bigger bands. Some Venom in 85, some Motorhead in 85. Really? Wow. Some Motorhead in 85 and in 86. Damn, dude. First That's... time I saw Motorhead, they played with DOA, Necros, and Dicroitzen. Really? Yeah. No fucking way. Where then, was that at? That was at the Olympic Auditorium. Really? And then I saw them the next following year with Cro-Mags and Megadeth. Was Motorhead that popular back then? Or were they yeah. just... I mean, and they're, they were, and they're playing right. with punk bands. Right, yeah, totally. Because they're the they're the one unique band that literally... Like, they talk about crossover. Yeah, that was... that They were, had to be the first, That was right? 85, I mean, yeah. pretty much did it. Yeah. It had to be it, right? Motorhead fucking set the bar. 85 was the year. Yeah, it was the you year know, for the that shit. Cro-Mags, Beowulf, DRI... Right. Sacrilege. Was COC out then? COC. COC was out then? Yeah. I think Animosity came out in 85. 85 or 86. Yeah. Like, uh, I think 85 because Technocracy came out in 86. Okay. Yeah. But you've just, you have all through the years and all the crazy shit you've done, you have always remained a massive, avid, like record collector, shows, going to shows, all yeah, that shit. That's it's just since I was you, a teenager. Yeah. Do you think that's like the most constant fucking love of your life? Like as far as it goes, I mean, oh. music and all that shit. Around the same time, I, I, I caught a pair of uh, breeding California king snakes up in Upper Ojai okay. campsite. And I bred them four years in a row. I bred fish when I was nine years old. Really? 
And uh, I mean, I've had a few hundred snakes in my lifetime. Yeah, that's something I really got into. I was a reptile specialist at a pet store. Yeah, for years. Because when I met you, you were doing that, and you were working at a place in Malibu, right? Yeah, I was. I was. Yeah, I was a manager at a pet store in Malibu, and I was in in a band at the time, covered in scars. Right, totally. Still trying to go to shows all the time, working an hour from home. And, <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. What yeah, What was it about reptiles that got you? Oh, I was just I was always into them. Just always, huh? Those in fish, exotic huh. fish. I like African lake fish. Really? And king snakes. What is it about the, re- like, what is it? Is it just that they are who they are? The temperament's really good. All the all the different reptiles, are, they're different. Right. Some are more aggressive. King snakes have always just been really mellow. They're easy to care for. Mm-hmm. I've got a snake now. I've had it for over 23 years, and it's never once been sick, had any kind of wow. health issue ever before. Wow. And I can treat everything up to, like, pneumonia and bacterial infections and stuff. Wow. Uh, because i grew up in the desert and snakes and lizards and all that shit was a part of my life dude like my old man was an absolute he still is a reptile freak tortoise we always had tortoises we had fucking snakes i mean i i've said this story many times but i literally spent like half of my life with my feet in the air because there's a fucking rattlesnake in like a pillowcase right he would just pull over and grab him dude and then we lived it like <clears throat> we lived in a very remote area rats everywhere it rock we lived in a rock plant like essentially and so he would fucking take these snakes rattlesnakes and and release them and king snakes and fucking whatever whatever you would find out there and uh release them like at our house essentially right so we'd be as a kid i'd rodent control yeah i'd be driving and like my feet are like in the air like this and there's literally a rattlesnake on the floor going like trying to get through the bag you know what i mean what the fuck but if you kill a snake in front of my dad he'll kill you he will fucking yeah, kill you. I, I, you know what I mean? I like, killed a couple when I was a kid, and after that, no more. Yeah, he's I like, killed a couple of rattlesnakes, and after that, I just leave them alone. Yeah, of course. But, you know, it's like, I, I don't know. You know, we've killed some on jobs or whatever. You dig some shit up. Literally, it breaks his fucking heart, dude. You know what I mean? Like, because he thinks reptiles are just the fucking coolest thing ever. They, yeah, I love They them. are who they are. They haven't changed in millions of years. You know what I mean? And, like, to not that you want to... Uh, control one but to have one like in your presence and it's cool with you is like such a weird feeling you know what i mean i don't know yeah i've got a yeah the snake i have right now she's gorgeous and she's chill right as long as i keep keep her fed she's happy as can be yeah so i gotta um my dad was telling me this story a while ago that him and his buddy they were you know like i said teenagers out in the middle of the fucking palmdale they grew up in quartz hill you know essentially before palmdale was even a thing and uh they were riding riding down the road and uh it, he had a, like a 1970 super b right fucking badass car balls to the walls right my old man he, my, my his best friend tom is driving my old man's in the passenger seat and he sees a red racer like alongside of the road right and he's like pull over pull over and they fucking pull over my dad runs jumps out of the car runs into the fucking desert and he's telling me this story he goes listen here's the thing you need to know about red racers if they not get gonna, they're gonna bite you in the face yeah you know what i mean like he literally like, he's like just remember if you grab one it's gonna bite you in the face yeah. dude. you know they're, I mean? they're fast and they're gonna bite you <laughs> over and over and over again so i'm like sitting listening to the story he goes yeah dude so i fucking have it in the passenger seat right now it's starting to wiggle out of my hand and i'm like oh it's gonna fucking get me so he panics and throws it on the dashboard and it comes up and right to my his friend tom who's driving and just goes, yeah, you should drills him in the fucking face, right? Yeah. And so it's, they swerve into the desert. They're fucking flying all over the place. Tom had fucking 
fangs in his nose and shit you know they let the list they let it out obviously you know it's like he earned your fucking freedom and they spent like an hour trying to pick fucking fangs and shit is no yeah broken teeth there he said his nose is fucking 10 times the size you know for, I mean? first time i caught a it was a black stripe racer up in rose valley mm-hmm. bit me on the face a couple Did times, it? yeah so. <laughs> they're fucking mean huh yeah they had a few bite me yeah they're fucking and they're just like they don't give a fuck man yeah. they'll just bite and they're the fuck. fast they're fast as fuck you yeah know? they'll run you yeah my my old man he's he's incredible dude like he'll literally just grab whoosh, like one swoop and i'm like no thanks man i'm good like i don't need to grab shit like that you know but he He's on it, man. He's fucking all over it with the, with the reptiles. I, I used to go out hunting snakes sometimes with this guy I worked with. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was all into reptiles too, and yeah. I mean, we'd go out, we'd no, bag we like twenty snakes in a day. But he he would go up to rattlesnakes and stand over them mm-hmm. and just grab down. Yeah, pick them up. I just by, grab them. By, yeah, I, I wouldn't do that. I right, it's beyond me. <laughs> yeah, right. Use a hook, fucking, you know, do something. But yeah, my dad's a savage. He just fucking he'll grab them, dude. But He's such a like reptile freak, dude. He just, it's like, I don't know. It's like either you love him or you fucking don't. No, there's one. Yeah. There's I still have two snake hooks in my room. Do you? Yeah. Well, fuck, man. That's cool. When and how long you would did the mount the reptile thing for a long time. Right? I, yeah. Whoa. Oh, sorry, buddy. I worked at the pet store in Malibu for 13 years. Really? And I started there as a reptile specialist. Then I just learned everything. I read like over 300 books on animals. Wow. I, bred well over 100 species of animals lots of exotics stuff that i would never even keep as pets i bred them right to shop some at home Uh all right one time i had i think 147 snakes in my house seven seven fish tanks yeah that's a lot had a couple possums a crow really three wander lizards you had a crow yeah really ah never again so much work are they oh they spray liquid feces in all directions for like three feet so you got to put out a lot on newspaper really? and they're very, very noisy. Oh yeah. You know, way before it's time for you to wake up, they're, they're waking they're you up. Yeah. And they're going to, and when you're trying to go to sleep at night, they're still making noise. <laughs> Why just, did you have a crow? I wanted to raise one. I just wanted the experience. Oh, I was, I had a vet. Give me a, oh, yeah. Oh, and, and I had a vet give me a coyote cub once and I, I ended up oh, giving geez. it back to him. Cause I'm like, yeah, this is, I'm not going to deal with this. This is gnarly. Dude. Yeah. It's more, it's, I know I, I was working 70 to 80 hours a week. I had no time. Right. Yeah. Just, I'd come home from working after just to keep the smell down all the maintenance I had to do on the tanks. Just, totally. Dude. It's a lot of work. So I only had that large amount of snakes for like maybe two years, a little less than two years. Wow. It was just so much work. I was overwhelmed. Yeah. That's insane. Dude. What, and uh, did, is there a reason you left or what did just the job fell out? Uh, what the, fuck? the recession hit in like 2008 oh, that's right. and our okay. sales dropped from like two and a half million a year down to like 300,000. That was a rent. Oh, okay. So the boss gave us a couple months notice and said, save your money. Uh, we're, we're going under. Wow. So I saved up everything and the shop closed. And the next day I left on a U.S. tour with annihilation time. That's that was, right. It was yeah. in 2009. That's awesome, man. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Cause you've got the luxury of being able to tour with, literally some of the gnarliest humans ever dude you know what i mean and i know that you have a gnarly past so it's, i'm sure you're built for it but what was that shit like i mean being able to was that i mean i know besides covered in scars were you i mean i know you were in siege did you ever get to do any touring for your own band no huh? not at all okay and the farthest covered in scars I ever played was anywhere everywhere from la to berkeley right right yeah we didn't ever play it out of state right so was that was that annihilation time the first kind of tour touring um, went on? yeah <laughs> Dude, that's yeah, I, a, I've been yeah, and I've been to Reno with Lazy Dogs, right? A couple times. Okay. I've gone places. I just went out of town with Astro Butch with Knowles of the band. Right. I right. got to go to Long Beach in LA with that's them. That's cool, man. I just love jumping the van with the fellas and just yeah, having a good time. It's 
it's it's the best thing it is you know, seeing all the bands meeting all the bands i'm selling records i'm buying records mm-hmm. partying i'm meeting all kinds of new people i'm in a different place i get to where are your best burritos in town where's the best place to eat around here it's right. like every place every day every meal something new and different it's right man. i love it touring, yeah. touring is the best it is the, it is the fucking best would you would you bail like on a full u.s if you could like with somebody yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. absolutely yeah but it's i'm lucky in that i have so many friends in bands the tour and i can just kind of like whoever i want to jump in with it's like hey can i jump with him yeah yeah totally and that's a honestly like it's a big ask not like from you but if you weren't you you, you have to be a tolerable you person. gotta be a fucking good hang to do that like to literally be like, hey you want fucking company and everyone's like yeah dude extra guy in the band like and he's fucking rad like no problem like yeah that says i, I, a I lot. always make sure there's plenty of beer and, I, <laughs> right, and right that says a lot dude. and i'm generous and i share so. right yeah there you go man what was that annihilation time tour like? oh, it was must have been fucking chaos uh well in the 80s i had a bunch of different favorite bands but for a long time amoebics were my favorite sure and they broke up when i was in high school right I didn't think I'd ever see him. And then I hear they're, they're back together and they're going to tour the States. And right. Like, oh man, I'm going to follow them with a grateful mm-hmm. dad. I'm going to see every show. And then they go on tour with Annihilation Town Finance at the same time. So I'm going to miss Amoebics. Oh, damn. And then they end up having two shows with Amoebics. Oh, really? Yeah. You played with them? So I got to see him play in LA and Frisco. Yeah. And after the LA show, you know, Amoebics recognized me by the Frisco show and I was hanging out with them backstage, you know. It's... Yeah. That's pretty cool, dude. Yeah. I, um, I've always said like you shouldn't meet your heroes, but did they disappoint you at all? Or? Um, no, not at I've, all. I've heard all the shit now about the Baron, right? right. But uh, back then, no, I was just just uh, all in on it. And it's like working at a pet store in Malibu for so long; the whole clientele is celebrities. So right. I got over the whole being Star Trek thing really quickly. Oh, okay, I bet. Yeah. You know, it's like my second day there. Ozzy Osbourne comes in, and I'm like, ah, oh, you know, oh, and I gotta wow. and I gotta walk him back to the bathroom, and he pisses all over the floor in the seat, and I gotta <laughs> mop it up because he's, you know, it's. I and then you're like, hey, Dio's my favorite singer. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah, fuck him. Dude. Oh man, that's crazy, man. Yeah, I got to meet all the celebrities. I got to be good friends with Robert Downey Jr. Oh, really? Yeah, that's funny. Yeah, yeah, he has like a massive farm out there, right? Oh, well, he he was in rehab and had the ankle bracelet when I met him. Oh, really? And then he asked me if he could have some money sent to the shop in my name. And I said, yeah. And he came and picked it up on my day off. Oh, really? And then he relapsed. Oh, shit. And I come come back to work the next day and he comes in high as could be smoking crack (laughs) with some chick. He's trying to give me four rolled up $1 bills as a as a like deposit a, on like a forty five hundred dollar dog oh my god dude but and, and he i never spoke to him again after that fucking iron man dude yeah you know what i mean iron man was on a good one yeah, yeah i like the guy he was funny he was great he introduced me he introduced me to pamela anderson and kid rock oh really <laughs> just a random day <laughs> so weird dude that's why yeah because you know i guess malibu clientele right it's just yeah. the richest motherfucker oh, i i i I had Kid Rock and Pamela Anderson and, and Robert Downey Jr. in one morning. And, uh, oh, what's your name? I can't remember her name. Mariah Carey comes in with an entourage. Oh, okay. And then David Ducovey comes in and then Flea comes in. It's like, and they're the only people in the store. It's <laughs> yeah. yeah, you get, I guess like the that. start struck things way um, out the window, right? Suge Knight's looking at dog collars on the wall. Drew Barrymore's looking at dog bowls on the wall. <laughs> uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger's talking to a, a Greyhound uh rescue out front really wow. well while ozzy osborne and sharon osborne at the front counter and and uh 
Holly Berry's in the back room looking at a kitten. It's just like, this is all going on at once. Well, we got paparazzi and Secret Service in the store. Wow. Yeah, I didn't even, that's fucking crazy, dude. Yeah, they'd just be packed, the gills. And I'm just having to, I'm like, I'm just troubleshooter. I answer all the questions and answer right. all the phone calls. And Right. Yeah, that's wild, man. I mean, that's, I don't, that'll, so were you more excited to meet Amoebix than any of those people? Yeah, they were, so, much, laid, right? was, they were so laid back and just low key. It's like, you know, they, they weren't like, setting things on fire and doing backflips they were just just real laid back guys because that's the that is the draw of punk rock is that you can meet your heroes and they are not any better than you you know what i mean like in the world of rock stars and untouchable unfathomable fucking fame right like the draw to me of punk rock when i was a kid was like what do you mean like i can go i i love this band I can go to a club and literally touch them. Like, you know what I mean? Not that I was like a starstruck kid, but like the fact that you could go and like see them and be close and they fucking hang out and they talk to people. You know what I mean? Like it set such a massive bar in my mind as far as like what. Yeah. There's rock no is. rock stars. Yeah. There's no rock. But, stars. but then you find there is some. Oh yeah. There's definitely some. Yeah. I mean, you know, yeah, it's, it, it's all over the place, man. It's, it's wild. But meeting so many people that were humble and easily approachable and, Right. Wow, he actually is talking to me and is chilling with me for like more than like two minutes. Right, it's, right. Or uh, seeing GBH when I was like 15 and mm-hmm. going up to the merch table and the singer, Collins, telling some kid how he spikes his hair. And I'm within like three feet of his presence. And I'm like 15 going, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like <laughs> Beavis and Butthead all stoked just being yeah, in totally. his presence. And ended up opening, opening up for him like 30 years later. And it's like, it's right. It's, totally different how things come yeah happen. it's just so cool man because you have always remained the most stoked human on music that i've i've ever i mean you meet people that love music fucking love it love it love it but you know when we we're driving here you know you're still fucking selling records you're still gathering records you're still fucking doing it you know what i mean the passion for music for you is always it's always impressive to me because as much as i love music the collection part and the sharing and the fucking it just goes out the, you know, eventually with me, you know, kids and all that, you just literally don't have enough time to stay up on shit. But Your priorities I, change. Right. Yeah. And, and, you know, I don't, I literally like, if I want to know the cool bands, I just have to ask you, you know what I mean? Or the bands. I, I try know. to keep up, man, but yeah, I go to shows in LA and meet, you know, I'm in the alley drinking beer or something, mm-hmm. meet some kid who's like 16 and he's telling you about these new Finnish bands that right. I have no clue about. And they already got like three records out. And I'm right. Like, oh, man, it's I got to pick this kid's brain. He already knows what's up. Yeah. yeah. I, I, that trips me out seeing that. How are you? Obviously we're, I'm calling this post pandemic at this point. Right. I mean, kids are out. They're fucking going. What's your view on like how the kids are right now compared to like a few years ago. Right. Cause I don't know if you remember the lull, you know what I mean? Like if, remember when there was like no bands happening besides our old generation, there was like that massive gap. Right. Like, and, but now it's like, you see bands like Dead Heat, you see fucking all these new bands coming out. Like, what do you feel like? Are you stoked I, for I, the kids or what? I'm, yeah, I am. Are I still, you? I still hate hardcore dancing. Oh, me too. But oh, I hate I'm, I'm stoked because oh, the it. scene is healthy <laughs> right. and so diverse. Right. There's so much. I mean, there's something for everybody. Right. Some people like may not like the harder stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, there's something mellower over here you can listen right. to. There's a lot going on. Right. And like you were just saying earlier about the known rock stars the bands are in the crowd with you standing right next to you and they're right they're so easy to be friends with just approach them it's, right yeah 
but I mean, like, as far as the kids, when you see the kids getting stoked, it like, it stokes you out. Like you don't have any of the old man tendencies where you're like, these fucking kids don't get it kind of shit. No, they, they really. get it. They're doing great. They're doing great. They're right? doing and great. I'm with you. I fucking... the, the scene is alive and well in their hands. And when right. we're dead and gone, they're still going to be a non yeah, There's a torch. The torch has been passed. Cause yeah. I remember being scared, like in the Obama years, you know, things were kind of okay. And all of a sudden there was this massive gap of like, you know, like where are the fucking kids? Like there's no kids, you know? Yeah. And then the Trump era came and like bad politics makes great punk rock. And all of a sudden it was just hundreds of kids showing up at the Hong Kong Inn. And yeah, you know, I, I just remember being so fucking excited, you know what I mean? To see that there is a generation after us, you know, and I'm a generation after you that's taking it, you know what I mean? And doing what they want with it, you know, and it may not be the traditional shit that I grew up on or you grew up on, but it's fucking, it's, you know, they're, fu- it's their fucking scene, dude. All that, God, it's, it's, the kids nowadays still get to see like Dr. No and repute. Right. And how routine, special is that? Dude? False confession. Yeah. Right. Legacy bands that we were dying to see in the, yeah. in, in the 90s and the 2000s. You know what I mean? When they all went away. You know, like, like, I saw them plenty in the 80s, except for right. False Confession. I went to go see them a few times in the 80s and they always like canceled on their show. Oh, really? So I never got to see them in the 80s. I didn't okay. get to see them until much later. Yeah. But they're fucking handling it. Yeah. That new record yeah. is incredible. Dude. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's very, very good. Um, yeah. Well, that's good, man. I'm, I'm glad to see because you, you don't have those vibes like the old man. These kids don't get it. Kind no, of I'm not a crushy old man. It's no, just... yeah, you're really not. Man. Yeah, it's cool. Um, I wanted to ask, like, if, you know, so you're, you're doing the punk shit in the 80s. You have a gnarly fucking past, and and I, the, everyone who listens to this podcast knows uh, the rumors of Scotty Porcho. What? How, how did you get involved in the shit you got involved in, like back in the eighties, in the gang life, the gang world? Um, being in the punk rock scene and going to shows in L.A. and Long Beach, there was a lot of gangs, mm-hmm. and then the whole skinhead thing just started growing and growing, and then the suicidal thing, and like every gang, every town had their own skinhead chapter. Right. So when you go to a show in LA, each each town's chapter, they'd mob up into one big gang. Right. So maybe there's 20 skinheads from this town, 20 from this town. When you go to a show in LA, there's 400 skinheads, 500. Now, skinheads. when you're talking about skinheads, you're talking about the traditional skins. Yes. Traditional yeah. skins. The, the Nazis weren't something you saw as much then. Right. Um, it was more just the whole fashion thing. It's like, oh, we listened to Cox Bar and right. Foreskins. Bully, and she, was like, yeah. yeah. And, uh, there's a lot of tough guys though. It seemed like the more guys that were involved in fights were always the skinhead types. Right. And the movie Colors came out. Mm-hmm. And I mean, in Ventura, there was like 20 gangs. Yeah. And uh I got bullied by this gang because they thought I was in this gang. This gang bullied me because they thought I was in that gang. I ended up starting my own. Mm-hmm. Just me and like seven friends. Mm-hmm. Avenue dogs. Okay. It's a bunch of punk rockers. Mm-hmm. Guy grew. We got more guys. Got to where it was like a dozen of us, all races. Mm-hmm. Got started getting a little bigger. Mm-hmm. Started fighting a lot of the other gangs, mm-hmm. and we won. Yeah, we were holding our own for being a smaller gang. Mm-hmm. And then I went to prison. Mm-hmm. Uh, assault with a deadly weapon. Got three years. Okay. When I got out, now the gang's like forty strong, mm-hmm. and it's all skinheads, and they kicked out everybody that wasn't white, and it's pretty much all Nazi skinheads now. Okay. And I'm the leader of it. And I'm not a Nazi. Right. And I have all this power. My girlfriend who was waiting for me was in prison. She's like den mother of the thing. Right. And these are my friends that were writing me while I'm locked up. And it's like, I'm not 
see this isn't what i left behind it's right, something different right. and so in that three years it had changed to this total other thing yeah like is it a response to something that was going on or is it just the few bad people started getting involved in shit like, uh, i think the bad people just started becoming more influential in the gang okay and then they all got involved in heroin which made it worse Oh, okay and it's like i had this reputation you know i'd you know fight with like eight guys and beat them all up right and i'm in this gang and when i get in a fight with another gang i'd have like two or three guys behind me they start stabbing everybody right so like people were scared of us totally you know? yeah and uh these guys when i was in prison these guys just kept doing what they were doing right and brought in more kids and the kids they were bringing in were like oh they're stabbing people i want to do that right so they're bringing these bad kids and they're teaching them bad ways right i get out now all these kids are doing heroin and they're all sig hiling and really yeah it wasn't my thing yeah and but you were still you're still you're they're the leader of this fucking game. right you guys are making your own fucking path through Ventura. Yeah. Every, right? every, I mean, but you, you had like, where you're most at a point it, where you're Most stuck. of it, we were just fighting other gangs in LA. And it's like, we're mostly fighting other skinhead gangs. Mm -hmm. A lot of them didn't like us. And they gave us a lot of shit because we dressed like homies, you know? Oh, the really? Pendletons, the bandanas, and the dickies, and okay. the winos and shit. Yeah, yeah. We dressed like suicidals. But we were skinheads. And, and a lot of skinheads didn't like that. And they gave okay. us a lot of shit for it. We were fighting a lot of skinheads because of that. Really? But uh, I mean, I, I, from Avenue Dogs to the time I left, it was, I, I called shots for that gang for 12 years. Right. Seven of it I did in prison. Right. Right. Um, and I, I'm, I'm glad I just left that behind because right. that's all I did was get in trouble. And it was mostly just looking out for my homeboys. Right. Right. I mean, I mean, but the obligation of you coming out three years, the first stint being three years, you come out, you realize this thing. I did three total. years and then a year later I started four. You did another four. So you did and two, I did two after that. Wow. Well, fuck, dude. <laughs> So out of the 12 years, yeah, you're fucking yeah. locked. I was I was from 88 to 89, I was locked over seven years. But you were when you're out, to right? 80, and we were kind of talking about this on, on the way here. When you're out, right? Now you're you're at a place, all you see is a situation going down. You jump in to help your 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 fucking buddy, right? And then then you were saying you realize halfway through that he's the motherfucker that started. Yeah, it. yeah he started all that. Right? You got to yeah. be a lot of that, and I hated it. Yeah. Just a lot of a lot of bad people yeah and they got to be where that that's all who i was hanging out with, was bad people heroin addicts that were ripping off people and bullying people and mm -hmm. stealing and lying and they were ripping me off and they're you know it's right and, and you I, you were telling me you you have a thing with bullies like for sure right I yeah mean, i was bullied getting, a lot as a yeah, kid i was a loner as a fat kid with bad acne and i got bullied by everybody and right. i was a pacifist and one day that had to change and right that, that changed me as a person it certainly did change i was, right? <laughs> I, was come, I was walking home from elementary school and walking through the park at the end of my street and they were tearing up the asphalt to redo it to relevel it mm -hmm. and some older kids were hanging out and i'm walking by and they just started shoving me to the ground like you know talking shit to me like, i've never even seen these people i don't know whether why they're doing this and i start crying right away you of know course, tearing yeah. up and they won't let me get up off the ground i try to get up off the ground they shove me back down yeah so i grabbed a big piece of asphalt and hit one kid right in the face with it and split his face open uh -huh. you know blood everywhere and i just ran home crying right but, and you know i was terrified i thought i killed him but after that i was like i want to do that every time now from that moment I didn't, on, that was i didn't deciding. get in trouble right right i could do that and not get in trouble right but that from that moment on that was the decide like i'll never be yeah fucking i'm not gonna get again. bullied anymore yeah, yeah. i mean because like I've, I had that shit too. Right. And I remember there was a deciding point for me where I just, 
I got fucking mean. You know what I mean? Like, and I made it to where no one wanted to fuck. I was the same thing. I was a fat kid, you know, no confidence, no fucking dad. I didn't have any guidance in my life at all. Yeah, I know dad. You know what I mean? And you're just, you're so lost as a little kid. I remember being like 11, 12 years old, getting fucking picked on every day on the way home from school, on the way to school, fucking at home. And I remember one day just, I would, I got mad enough, you know what I mean? To where I just, I did some mean shit, hit some motherfuckers with fucking sticks. And you know what I mean? I, I went like next level fucking on it. You know what I mean? And I remember that being the day where, I, oh, I'm never going to let anyone fuck with me ever again. You know what I mean? And, and there is that flip, you know, and some people find it, some people don't, but um, it, it's always so interesting, you know, cause the stories you're fucking, and we talked about some of the ridiculous stories, you know, you heard you've heard so many rumors about you in the past in the uh, 90s i've, I've you know? heard i've killed 22 people right yeah <laughs> like and and the crazy part is is that i don't know you as that person right you know it came with the allure but i know you as the fucking guy that when my wife was going through cancer you fucking you were the one of my only friends and we didn't know each other that well that stepped up and did a fucking benefit for me and my wife and i have best friends yeah Yeah, and joel you know what i mean like but that's how i know you as a fucking really kind dude who obviously has a gnarly fucking past but has always worked to help the scene to fucking better people to do these things you know when you have this past behind you i'm sure there's a fucking level at which you have to deal with that on your own mind but i always was so surprised to hear the stories about you because I, I don't know you as that human. You know what I mean? Like you don't, I'm, you've lived multiple lives, I'm sure at this point, right? Yeah, I've been lucky. I'm still here. I've been shot. I've been stabbed on six occasions for a total of nine wounds. Okay. Uh, I've had, I've been scalped with a shovel and had my skull exposed and had 47 staples to reconstruct my skull. Again. Jesus Christ. Uh, I had my ear torn off with a tire iron. Just... And this is just in like random like, yeah. fights. I've, well, I've, there's so many fights for fight like six guys eight guys you know right. and yeah. yeah i still win did did you know how to fight i mean or yeah. was it just, you just... I, it's all self-taught I'd, I'd lay in bed and go like okay i'm walking on alley here comes three guys the guy on the left's really big the guy on the left's got a bottle what do i do first and i plan it out in my head and i'd go over it to where really? i really and i just and when i'd fi- figure it out then i right. go to the next scenario and then the next and the next and next and that's the thing i do i'd come home and i just think about stuff like that and then whenever i got involved in a situation anything close to that i already knew how to win right and you were you had the that game. and i can take a punch so well <laughs> yeah yeah that i had a wooden too. bat that broke over my head once it broke right at the small part like where you hold no it way. where it's the finished <laughs> it broke over my head someone just cold cocked you with it like yeah hit you in the head or something? i got home that night and my ears were popped and i held my plug my nose and you know blew into uh-huh. to pop my ears and all the air went in through my face and blew up my eyelids like balloons what so i squeezed them to get the air out and they were kind of saggy. Wow. So I tried to blow them up again. So I said, I'm going to do it all and squeeze all out completely this time. So I blew it up again. But now instead of my eyelids, it went to the whole side of my face. So I could push around these air bubbles under the surface of my skin. This was after the bat? Yeah. So it like knocked it, something loose. Yeah, it took like head. two weeks for all the air pockets to dissipate. Jesus Christ, dude. I mean, so like when you get out, you're in this fucking gang. It's turned into a skinhead gang. And you don't feel like that like at all i, really? I mean initially i ran with it because i had all this power it was an amazing thing right but there was a time where just i, I have the power that's the only good thing of it 
right and is is, is that a good thing you know it's and i just wanted to be something else yeah and so what was the catalyst for you walking away like was it an easy process end of the marriage that i was complete asshole in okay i was a terrible husband i it's like my one big regret is really? how, what a horrible person I was to my ex-wife. Wow. Um, I think that had a lot after that. It was just like, I, I just want to be a good person, try to be the best I can. Right. Now I'm just going to be like the epitome of honesty and help everyone I can and be ultra reliable. And that's why I want to be now. Yeah. So yeah. that's what I've shot for and what I pulled off. But was the process of the gang getting out? Like, was it a thing? Like, did, did you have challenge? Uh, did, did, they like- didn't jump me out. There was a lot of shit that came with it. Uh, a lot of them not happy about it some were some didn't care right others left it when i did because of me leaving it um god so it got weird at one time um i had a birthday party at billio's and rat damage came from sacramento and played okay and they got bunks there was some nazi skinheads there guys i didn't know right but they were mad that i let them in okay it's like i should just kick them out and I'm all they paid to get in like everyone else i can't let them in because their politics are different you know i don't agree with what they have to say but sure yeah and they're all no you got to kick them out that's just how it is this is a punk rock you having these skinheads in here and i'm like yeah. so the next show joel perkins i think had like vibrators for somebody playing. oh okay yeah and uh skinhead showed up and i told him you can't come in uh-huh. they and they you know they mobbed up and like had a problem with me and my friends mobbed up and like there was like some words spoken that was it they went away the next and that was still part of that same old gang that you were in. No, this is something. This is some new shit. Yeah, there's all there's different. Oh, there's things. different. There's all shit, different yeah. things. Yeah. So uh, the next day, skinheads show up at my house. People I don't know and have no idea how they know where I live show up and knock on my front door. Really? And I let them in. Hand out bottles of water. What's on your mind, guys? And I know exactly what it's about. That yeah. I kicked out their youngsters from the show. Where these are older guys with the facial tattoos right. and shit. So we're talking about this and one of them gets a phone call and goes outside so now these guys are talking to me about white power rock and roll and what i've heard is most of it's pretty awful right yeah and uh i can't relate you know and the guy who was on the phone call got on the phone call came back in and he says hey everything's cool and they just left and i've never had nazi skinheads at one of my shows since wow they gave me respect well yeah i mean otherwise they're gonna feel it <laughs> you know yeah I mean? and the whole time i'm thinking so they're gonna because yeah, after, the, after that gonna i'm like okay i'm gonna get stabbed at the next show you know i'm waiting right. for it to happen i'm expecting it right right and, and they it, never fucked with you again nah. how long after you left did the whole thing kind of break apart or did it break into sex or? it kind of broke apart i know it still exists now that gang still exists now but it's very small mm-hmm. it became a prison thing right and now it's like it's all junkies with facial tattoos right they right. live in the river bottom Right. And which is absolutely not how it was supposed to start. Right? No, I mean, it was just a bunch of punk kids trying to make their way. Yeah. And you grew up, did you grow up on the Ave? Yeah. The Avenue? So, you know, I've lived all over Ventura and Oxnard. Right. But yeah. I love the Avenue. Yeah. It's still there. Yeah. I mean, it's just a wild story, dude. I mean, because like I said, you know, there's so many fucking stories. You're the, the most lit, like one of the more legendary people in this town. And you hear stories. And I think, and I know, and I've said it, like, it's not unimaginable to imagine you doing this shit, but the guy I know is not this man. You know what I mean? Like for the, I've never even seen you get fucking weird, dude. You know what I mean? Like really, like even we've been drunk together. We've been doing, it takes a lot to, that's what I'm saying. Even raise my voice now. I know. You know what I mean? And I know that, you know, I mean, you, I'm very controlled now. Yeah, totally. And is it, 
have you found like a peace within yourself or what is it? Or do you just live under the, the fact that, you know, if something happens, you're going to fucking jail. Oh uh, no, I don't look at it like that. Not at if all. something okay. happens, it's like, if this guy's over here messing with somebody and he needs to get checked, I can hit him. You know, if I'm defending someone else, sure. I can hit him, but I can't hit him twice. Okay. Well, it's usually all it takes yeah. the one, right? Right, right. Yeah, totally. Because, yeah, I mean, we were joking. I was like, the rumor I heard was that your hands are registered as lethal weapons, right? That one's true. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right, man. Yeah, that's yeah, that that's was, wild. That's from the 80s. That's from the 80s, really? Yeah. Is it just you get, like, what happened? Because of the amount of fucking... Yeah, I was in hundreds of fights. Hundreds, I mean, I, yeah. yeah, and I've got 14 arrests just for minim- misdemeanor batteries. And really? Th- three for felony batteries. Wow. Yeah, when I hit people, I break bones. Yeah, no, I could tell, dude. I mean, that's, that's a, why I don't hit people anymore. That's Unless a, they're total assholes and they got it coming. Right, and it's so rare that you meet them. And then, even, then even then, I'm gonna, you know, hope that someone else is gonna do it first because I don't need the trouble. What was it that switched in you? Just getting older. You think so? Wiser, wiser. Having okay. the experience I've had and just going through it all and knowing what I can do and what I can, what I should do and what I shouldn't do. Okay. You know, yeah. um, I was a. Uh, I was raised religious and I'm, I'm an atheist, but I was okay. raised religious. So I knew the difference between right and wrong. Right. Uh, I grew up reading a lot, but I read the Bible when mm-hmm. I was young. So growing up, I didn't have a father there, but my male role models were, I mean, believe it or not, Superman, Batman, Spider-Man and Jesus. Oh, really? So I was always like superhero. I'm going to save everybody. Okay. And I'm going to do it with my fists. Yeah. And it worked for a while, but yeah and I, yeah and then there comes a time where it doesn't you can't it just, get away with yeah that. you can't get away with it right yeah it's brutal. yeah were you a big comic book obviously you're a big comic still book still fan. am still to this still day. am not as be- big as i used to be in the 90s but i still buy comics yeah yeah that's crazy man. i mean a more a lot a lot of the uh more indie stuff okay awesome. i think the only mainstream thing i still like is the punisher oh dude yeah but did you watch the netflix series when it came yeah. out yeah yeah it was great good, especially right? went to prison i know so, you follow those guys oh it's so gnarly yeah yeah man i mean how do you feel about i mean i know there's like this massive woke pc fucking world that we live in now right like and a part of me feels like this a lot like some people need to get punched in the fucking face to really wake up like you know like to experience what life it really is Huh. you know they you need gotta, it they i do i do you feel like that sometimes not that you're going to be the guy that's going to do it but like when you grew up and when i grew up you had to literally fight for what you wanted yeah you know like we grew up in the era and especially you where being punk rock was a fucking target on your back you dyed your hair back then housewives would drive by and throw coke cans at you and call you a faggot <laughs> right Just, yeah totally you know yeah. you, you everyone picked on you know what everyone picked on you in school mm-hmm. except for like the mexican and the black kids they're mm-hmm. always cool with you right but all the other white kids they made fun of you for being different right yeah um yeah that was something i noticed and then you notice things coming to the level like uh like nowadays i look down around and all the kids are wearing the black and white striped old school vans right right you know i remember when the doc martens became like the big thing it's all stuff that comes from the underground because when i got into punk rock if you were into punk rock, you skated. If you skated, you were into punk rock. Right. And that's just how and that's how it was. Yeah. And then you see Madonna wearing Doc Martens in her in her one of her videos, and then all the kids were wearing Doc Martin boots, you know. Right, right. And I saw how the policy changed, and I just thought it was just are the crass politics getting that big now? Right. Is it something that was, you know, taken from the punk? Well, scene? dude, I remember the moment when Missy Elliott had a Doom shirt on. 
and I was like, "What the fuck is this?" You know what I mean? Like, I remember, I um, remember Kim Kardashian it. had the jacket with with a gizm on it. Yeah, with a gizm patch. Yeah, you're like, "What the fuck?" That was the photographer's jacket. It turned out was it? Yeah, yeah. He's, he was an old punk from yeah. Ojai. That uh, poor guy that was in a band called Isolation. The 80s. Oh, really? Maher from Charman. Yeah, actually talked to the dude and hit me up to see if I had any original Isolation flyers, and I did have one. Really? For them playing a house party with a stall 13 and Dameron, and i gave him the original copy to give it that damn dude. that's awesome man do you have any like do you have like a top five shows you've ever been to in your life or i know you've been to a billion like do you have do you have a few that stick out in your mind as like the greatest uh, fucking moments of your life as far the as best show i ever went to visual discrimination excel rkl blast dr no and the exploited damn uh fender's ballroom 87 seven really? seven bucks just amazing lineup what was so i mean besides the amazing lineup was it a time and at place? that time i mean excel rkl blast dr no massive those are like right there those are like some of my favorite bands right, right there you know right yeah blast is so incredible yeah i got to see them a bunch of times i was a late bloomer on blast like literally like the last five years dude like i always knew they were a band i always knew it was and then it wasn't until I saw him at the hard to find show space. And it, it must've been over five years ago at this point, but do you remember playing up there in Galita? I don't know. Yeah. If you saw yeah. The reunion. I went. I went yeah. And, and then they I, played the garage the next night. Right. Yeah, it was both. Shows. And I was at both and I was blown away. Yeah. I had no idea that I had missed the boat that fucking hard. Like on blast. You when know I was I mean? 16, I saw him on acid with SNFU and corrosion conformity. <laughs> really? on acid yeah <laughs> what was that like amazing amazing there's there's a there's did a part you, one of the songs where no no oh, there's God. there's a part where um where cliff like points to the back of the room and he's all there's a storm coming and the mm -hmm. whole crowd looks back where he's pointing everyone's frying yeah. and they brought these these charged up girls from canada and they're all sudden what white blood or acid for like, uh, okay. a hit it's like the whole, there was no straight edge back then right so the whole crowd's frying on acid and it's like you know like 400 kids right you know for coc on acid it's, oh fuck dude that's crazy uh snfu cheap higgs jumping off of everything mm -hmm. and at one time he goes this song's about pressure not the pressure of your job or school or home it's the pressure of the ceiling and he points up and the whole crowd looks at the ceiling goes whoa <laughs> the whole crowd he just fucked everyone up huh? yeah all right so you got the blast show that's one of the top five so uh, what, are, what are some of the other legendary shit in your mind oh man venom okay 85 right motorhead in 85 with doa and necros dicroitzen that's crazy uh, that's crazy some of those annihilation time shows just oh nuts where they just destroy like shit got destroyed right. lights and chairs and you know yeah. holes in the wall Noel told some really good stories about the south i asked him about the fucking shit the south by southwest show where fucking jimmy shit all over the stage and was breaking glass in it you know what i mean and oh yeah he came out as uh as uh as uh el duce el duce yeah that's right <laughs> were you there for that? no i, that I got that i got story. to hear about it though. okay yeah yeah but some of those annihilation time shows were that band immediately when they came out i was like this band is gonna be fucking huge yeah you know like there's a couple of bands in my life i've seen it like i saw mastodon which i don't know how much you're into mastodon but i, I saw them i saw them on their first tour right before their first album came out and it was in la at the showcase and i i was like this band will be gigantic like they had something about them you know what i mean and yes of course they are the biggest fucking metal band we have now you know in my generation um but annihilation time dude 
when they fucking came out, I was like, this is the perfect blend of everything that I love. And, and they're chaotic and scary and fucking ripping. You know what I mean? And Graham was such a, I mean, I had no idea Graham was a guitar player, yeah. let alone that good. You know First time I mean? we were seeing him play for a band, he's playing bass for Uphill Battle. Oh, really? He's wearing a Youth Day shirt, too. They're playing a like a Thai restaurant in Camarillo. Okay. The first time I saw him, he was playing drums at Eat Shit and Die. And that we used to play with him at Laser Star back in the Laser Star days. You must have been kind of getting out of trouble. I was point. just getting out. And I, <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. I think it was after my second term and I went to my first show was at Laser Star when I got out. I really? saw a 10 yard yeah. fight there. Oh, yeah. Okay. So all the karate kicking shit, right? Yeah. And I hated that. I shit. hated it. Still, I hate, I still hate that shit. But um, yeah, th- th- I remember that's when I met Graham. He was a drummer for Eat Shit and Die. And he was, amazing right and then i saw him in uphill battle and i went i had no idea that's awesome and then annihilation time and i was like come on dude come the fuck on like this is bananas you know and he's the greatest fucking man ever i mean yeah, just I love him. heart of gold amazing real good guy. sweetheart man and my ex my wife's was my wife's sister was super good friends with him they grew up together in ohio you know he was just she was like dude i've known graham since he was like 10 he was just some dorky little fucking kid from ohio you know and for a man that could have an ego, he does not. You no, know what I mean? He's humble as can be. He's humble as can be. You know? All those guys from Annihilation Time are. They really are. Yeah. yeah. I yeah. love all those guys. Yeah. And Noel, I mean, you know, obviously he's been on the podcast twice. Yeah, he's one of my best friends. He's amazing. Dude, you know, and, and me and him were like a little standoffish because he he thought Ventura didn't like him. You know what I mean? He told he explained it to me that he thought we were weird. And I, I was like, dude, I, I fucking loved your bands. Like, I don't know. But I think he also he lumped us in with the greater hardcore scene, which I don't like. You know what I mean? Like I'm not gonna knock any of the bands and what you do, but that karate kicking and the punching and that those those days, like those early two thousands days where all those bands are coming back, you know, the the Fred Hammer days, like not my favorite music dude you know yeah. what i mean and i don't like the vibe in the crowd i don't like anything like that you know what i mean yeah um, i don't go to the shows yeah i don't either you know and i would i would work them as security at like skate street every once in a while and then like at a point it got to the point where it was donnie brook showed up and they fucking someone pulled a gun on someone you know what i mean and i was like this is i'm done like fuck this you know what i mean i already didn't like getting head kicked at a fucking show anyway you know what i mean and then on top of that now people are pulling guns out i'm out dude i'm fucking out of here you know yeah i i don't remember who it was playing i think it was like terror or somebody and i saw that and somebody one of those karate dudes owed me in the yeah like solar plexus right and i just where i just wanted to punch him in the head right totally away. Yeah. but the guy's like he comes up to my chest it's like a little kid yeah and I'm just thinking, I, I can't punch this kid. And it's like, right. but it's like, I felt like he did it on purpose. Oh, totally. It feels very you know, like because like, they attacked uh, the side of the crowd. You yeah. Know what I mean, he's like, attacking the side of the crowd. And I could see it. Yeah. And as soon as I looked away, he hit me. Yeah. And he course. sucker punched me, you know? Totally, and it's like, dude. and now I'm like pissed. Yeah. But it's oh, like, it you know, you, off, then you just, you know, take a couple of breaths and you're cool. <laughs> yeah. But then I kept my eyes on him for quite oh, a while. Yeah, dude. You know, he it's like he avoided me after that. Oh, he, he wouldn't he come within five feet of me yeah, after that. Totally. You could probably feel it. You know what I mean? Uh, I was yeah, I was a little. But I do have college. such a problem with that shit. Like I just I don't see the unity in it. I don't see 
yeah you know obviously the music, uh, it's funny it. for all yeah. the all the unity you hear about it. it's no it's... right it's like now there's six guys karate kicking in a fucking pit and no one else gonna have fun because you're just protecting yourself the whole time yeah right and it is what it is you yeah, know if, football pants. if it works for them then fucking fine but it just doesn't it doesn't work for yeah, me maybe they see something in it that i don't i just yeah well i, I, I they must you know what i mean and good for them let them have it you know what i mean but it's a trip dude um so are you uh you're selling a lot of records and shit right can people yeah get, your, a, get a hold of you get a hold of me on facebook okay. i don't advertise at okay. all for the stuff i sell right i take you to the shows i go to mm-hmm. and uh i have people that come to my house just to buy yeah uh that's it i don't i don't i don't ship anywhere and i don't i don't put okay. any i don't advertise at all nice man. but i have new stuff every week new and used right what do you what do you got going on otherwise i mean you're doing a lot of work uh, i do a lot of tile work mm-hmm. uh, i do a lot of labor for right. a couple different contractors right i got a lady i do her gardening once mm-hmm. or twice a month it keeps me really busy yeah. I, i'm doing okay i've got no problems that's good yeah, I got is, no, I got no stress. I got no, no, no problems at all. Life any, is, any plans life, for life ever is so simple. At this point, no, no, no. Yeah. It take it, the last one took a lot out of me, and and taking a break and then doing it again, I realized, man, I, you have to like work your way into it. Right. Just the breathing and just yeah, it's being tough. in shape into We've it. We've been you know? playing a couple of shows this month, and I literally after that first one, I was like, oh, I'm out of shape. Like yeah. three years off, essentially. You know, like. I, I literally was like getting dizzy you know what i mean like yeah. you just realize you're so out of well, shape it now. takes a lot out of you it really to does, yell dude. full blast for like 12 minutes straight yeah, it will, totally. will hurt you yeah totally man. Yeah. and my voice doesn't recover like it used to i used to be able to do this shit 30 days in a row no problem you know and now my voice is fucking trash for like a week you I know what i mean starting the mic in my hand would be covered in blood from my <laughs> yeah, throat tearing and yeah you totally. gotta wait months for it to get to where it's strong and yeah it's then you take a break weird. for six months and you lose all that yeah man. you gotta start all over i know you mentioned i mean we talked a while ago and, and you know you you went into a coma a while ago right yeah, in october I mean, mid-october yeah. and i mean and you what what happened like uh i put myself on a juice diet uh during this whole COVID lockdown, you know, I'm not as active as much. Right. Uh, I put on some more weight. I'm already a big guy. And I put on more weight and I want to lose it. So I put myself on a juice diet, skipped lunch, uh-huh. three ounces of juice. Mm-hmm. Uh, after like three weeks, I'm seeing, you know, that my pants are getting looser. Right, I'm like, right. Great. This is going great. Now I'm going to skip dinner and drink more juice. Right. Still, it's going even better. So then I start, started skipping breakfast and would just drink juice all day. Oh, really? And uh, I f- chase it with sodas. Oh boy. And uh I got loopy and started babbling incoherently and people didn't know what I was saying and I was talking too fast and and people were asking me if I was on drugs and I'm going, "No, man, I want to diet." Uh-huh. And uh I passed out on the table in the middle of a conversation and my roommates called an ambulance for me and I woke up two and a half days later wow. from a diabetic coma. Damn. Um, so just the lack of food and just the that my blood sugar level was so high right because you're just ingesting a bunch of juice yeah just sugar sugar i was putting nothing but liquid sugar wow that's all i was that's that's all i was eating no food at all uh food didn't even taste good to me my teeth were starting to hurt really because i wasn't chewing anything right yeah i weren't doing any workout at all yeah drinking. so um i woke up in the hospital after two and a half days i didn't even know my own name Mm. it took like 12 hours for me to become cognizant again Mm -hmm. and uh the nurses were calling me dead man walking and nurses or doctors were coming from other hospitals to ask me questions. Right. 
because they say when your blood sugar level hits six or 700, you go blind yeah, and, and totally. you die. Yeah. And my blood sugar level hit 1,429, which they said was a record. I thought it was the record for the country. It ended up being for the state. Wow. So the guy in Cleveland hit 2,300. Jesus, but, um, dude. I went like twice as high as what kills people. Totally. And when I came out of the coma, I now had 2020 vision. Right. So it's like it actually made me better. Are and, you serious? And, yeah. It fixed your vision. It fixed my vision. Maybe twenty twenty vision and and my high blood pressure went away completely. Really? Yeah. It's, it improved me. Wow. What normally kills people, right? Be better. So I was like, oh, this is cool. You know. It's, well, you got a kind of a long history of that, right? Yeah. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a superhero. <laughs> do I'm you feel forever. like you're born in the wrong time? Yeah. You do, yeah. right? I mean, there's Hell no yeah. way you weren't. Yeah. Give me a sword. <laughs> right like you would be on the battlefield all fucking day because i yeah. feel like i was but i don't have nearly the fucking history ah, you know I, what I mean? like, work, my work used to be like work the other day i, I swing a, a sledgehammer for seven hours and it was like the best time yeah ever. it's like i barely even sweat i go home <laughs> and i'm like i'm like oh i'm gonna be so sore in the morning and i wake up and yeah. i'm not i'm fucking great is there like saying? a time in history that you think you'd be thriving in like do you ever, are you a big history guy like, yeah i love history right I read so a lot. like what is like where do you think you would have fucking fit in I oh mean, man viking hordes i mean any all any the, of that yeah, shit, right samurais any, oh, samurais yeah. Ooh, all, all the above yeah all of it yeah I don't, are you that sneaky though you need to be pretty sneaky to be no but i'm fashion a lot of people think I, a lot of people think i am yeah totally and i i can i ah I, i'm good i'm good with violence yeah i know you are i'm yeah, really good with violence totally. I, it's like I, I I live in vicariously now through watching lots of action movies. Right. But uh, there was a time where like I was all about that. It's like I love violence. I love fighting. You know, the more people, the better. How many people I got to fight? Eight, ten. Yeah. Let's do this. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's it's like a challenge for me because I'm not going to lose. And it's like I might get first. I might get hit like six times and have to pull a knife out of me, but I'm going to win. Right. Or pull a fucking board full of nails it, it out of me, you. It made you me know? really cocky back then right yeah it's, right. it's like that's something i didn't like about myself i just wanted to remove like all the negativity mm. from my character but it's like you can't because then one side gets too one side gets too heavy and it swings around right 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 yeah but do you like because I, I feel like there's people that were born in the wrong fucking time I, yeah. I feel like i'm one of them i feel like i would have i would have been like my mentality is very caveman-y dude like you know my first initial thoughts are like oh well obviously i'm gonna have to kill you I'm going to kill your family. I'm going to have to burn Someone talks like, like yeah. disrespectfully now. It's like, man, you don't understand. Like we're going to fight to the death over this. Like to the death. Yeah. Dude. We're yeah. not just going to get in a fight. We're going to fight to the death. I'm going to kill you. <laughs> totally. dude. I'm going to kill you and then evade the cops so I can get to your house and kill your family. Totally. Dude. Do not yeah. mess with me. Yeah. yeah no, but it's, I feel like I was born in the wrong time, but you have to feel like, you were born. Yeah, I feel like I no longer have a purpose in life. Do you really it's, feel like there's that? almost an emptiness? <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm single. Everything I wanted to be when I was a kid, you know, I've yeah. done it. So it's like right. now I'm kind of like, right, okay, uh, I'll die eventually. You know, you ever just, thought about like MMA or like? I mean, I, I know I, you're too old. We're too, old, too old, right? But like when I was younger, training. everyone wanted me to train to fight Tyson. And I was like, nah, I, I don't want to fight that Fuck. dude. You're a bad motherfucker, but I don't know if you're. But yeah, I, yeah, that's what I always thought too. But, I, I but thought, you I thought never that, know, I, man. Yeah, I, I was like, nah, I'm like. There's too many rules in the ring. You know? right. That's, <laughs> that's not how I fight. But also Tyson's fucking, he went off the rails and bit someone's ear off. Yeah. You know oh, did you hear about his new gummies? No. He's got a new, uh, you know, weed gummy and oh. it's shaped like an ear. Is it really yeah. Not? They're called Tyson Bites. No, yeah. they're not. Yeah. No. I just saw the advertisement yesterday. Yeah. There's a commercial for him. Oh, 
that's so good. Completely serious. Fuck yeah, man. So you're a huge history buff. Like, is there a, what do you read about a lot? I read a lot of the darker history. Darker history. Uh, Spanish Inquisitions. Okay. All the gang stuff. Uh, all the wars. Mm-hmm. Uh, pirates i mean i have like six books just on really? pirates yeah really? i have a book just on dutch pirates and i, I was i always wanted to be a pirate really Come on, pirates cool. dude rape pillage the whole deal you know what i mean storm a fucking all the boat, movies got to be rated r just yeah rated totally. r do you have any opinions on what's going on with russia or ukraine or yet? um right i support ukraine yeah, I think Russia's in the wrong, but then again, I it would have been a while. Everything just said, I here, we right could just now. be fed lies. So, right, right. you you never know the truth. You really got to hope that, you, that what you're hearing, yeah, is the truth. Well, what I've been seeing is, and you know, because my kids and I've talked about this a couple times, but my kids are on TikTok, right? They got me all into TikTok. I post fucked up videos from TikTok on the Get Heavy page all the time, like on the stories. It's so wild to watch a war in real time dude because you got people over there that are uploading videos daily minute to minute hour to hour of what the fuck's going on over there dude and i think it's a real like first time i've seen a war right now you know what i mean like you hear about what happened in fucking afghanistan and all that iraq and all that shit you hear about it so far after the fact right because there's not military is not taking footage those guys don't have fucking internet really you know besides like beheading videos and shit but to see what's happening over there is so fucking wild, dude. You know, and it's heartbreaking. The first it's fucking foot, heartbreaking. The first footage I saw was a Russian tank driving over like a civilian car with an right. old man in it. With old, old lady. It's just right. like, that's just so wrong. It's, it's like, so There's fucked. no purpose yeah. in that. But and on the other hand, I've said it a couple times, these Ukrainians are fucking psychos, dude. Like, yeah, they're holding watching, their own right now. Oh, dude, they're holding their own, man. Like, I literally watched a hot ass Ukrainian chick do a tutorial on how to drive a tank like yeah, they, still, you know what i mean still, the farmers are still <laughs> they're the stealing them they're fucking well the russian yeah, soldiers like, are kids right and they're a lot of them are being told that it's just maneuvers mm-hmm. so they're being lied to right or, or we're being told that they're being lied to. yeah we don't know yeah yeah it's it's fucking sad man but i just wondered you know as as far as looking a, a guy who's i know you're into history you know seeing history essentially start to repeat itself you know i i'm always looking back going like We've lived through this so many yeah, times. We've, like we've, we've seen this. this shit so many times. Like, at what point are we? Be, like, are uh, we gonna stop, uh, dude? I, I heard a rumor that Elon Musk challenged Putin to a one-on-one fight. Yeah, he did. That's, yeah, that's, I mean, it's, it's a joke. Yeah. You know what I mean? But he literally it's fun, it's he's just trying to goad him. You know what yeah. I mean? But he also sent like a shitload of Starlink satellites to Ukraine. Yeah, to help them keep their internet. Um, people are know? saying that Putin's not in his right faculty right now. It's, I don't. Yeah, it's hard to say, dude. You know, if, I, you if you're not know. there, you don't know. You don't know. And you even then, know you know, you got to spend time. Do you feel? And this is a subject that's going to come up a million times. Are we headed to World War Three? Do you see it? No. You don't think so? No. You're hopeful, huh? What do you see happening? Uh, there's too many people who are afraid. You think so? Uh, like I don't even worry about nuclear war now. I mean, if it was going to happen, it was gonna, it would happen. who's going to do it now? Well, Putin. I mean, good. I don't see it getting to that point. Look really? at us. Look at right now. We're we're walking on on eggshells right now to not be involved in something. Well, yeah, because he we're, has the fucking he has the capa- uh, capacity, capacity. And China's already saying that we're backing him up no matter what. Right. Right. So anything we get involved, any problem we have with Russia, we have with China too. Yeah. We've got all of the UN. Right. But do we really need that? No, that's a, yeah, that's a valid well, the, the people who run this country do. They need yeah, it because yeah, they, they make them even richer. 
dollars dude. Yeah. yeah 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 i don't know i just i i and it makes me think and this is why you know like world war three breaks out dude like you're stoked you're fucking you're in business dude. Right? like you're fucking let loose dude i'm on i'm on your team i want to fucking hang with you oh, you, you, you see you the know? old movie uh red dawn oh yeah yeah, the Russians don't want to come to the hell no, they don't want none of this heat, dude. They don't want none of that Scotty no, Porto. Everyone in the street, well, I don't know guns, I can't. I'm a four time uh, in film. war, it's not gonna matter, but yeah, come to my house, but, I'll load you up. Yeah, <laughs> you know I, mean? oh, I, I had a friend offer to like build me a, a AR uh, or something. Yeah, yeah. He, he's all however you want it with every little right, every right. little trick on it, you can have it, I'll build it for you. I was like, oh, I can't, I can't, I can't. But, but yeah, but if shit hits the fan, hits the fan, yeah. we're definitely throwing some guns at Scotty Parcher. Yeah, right? we're gonna go live <laughs> up in the mountains. And oh yeah, we're we gonna we're it. gonna do like the Vietnamese and build a city like four four stories <laughs> underground. Listen, I know where all the running water is in the desert. I know where all the good caves are, dude. We're gonna be just fine. You know what I mean? Me and you, front lines, World War Three, doing it. All know? right, let's fucking do this. All right, man. Well, hey, man, I appreciate you coming on the pod. It was a really good time talking to you. Oh yeah. Fuck yeah, we got to do it again. Part two, we'll get deep into. Oh yeah, stories. we we just lost, so we didn't get into. I know. Yeah, we'll get it again, man. All right. All right, brother.